0: Do you like a tribe
1: called Quest?
2: Well, you gonna love the Urban Conservative.
3: Do you like sandwich and nachos? Well, then you'd love the Urban Conservative.
2: Do you like guns? Do you like butter? Well, you're gonna love the Urban Conservative.
1: Yo, it's good, son. You like bulls say? You like solving Sudoku puzzles? Then you' gonna love the
2: Urban Conservative. Hey, buddy, if your car making a sound like this, you might want to get you some power steering fluid and check out the Urban Conservative podcast. Are you repulsed by the idea of drag queen story time at your local library? but enjoy carol baskin TikTok memes then you would enjoy the urban conservative yeah. All right. <laughs> yes sir
1: yes sir back we back at it peace and love everybody you are tuned in to the urban conservative podcast do us a favor take a moment to share this content hit the like follow subscribe do us that favor Head over to T-U-C conservative, uh, TUConservative.com. Get yourself a membership for the year. It's 10 bucks for the year. You get great conservative content, a curated news feed. You get access to the blog. You get access to the TUC community. That's growing. Shouts out to all everybody that's down with the TUC situation. Shouts out to Zing and Scott. They had a great show last night. Make sure to go back and check out that content from Two Americas. Bro, that's what I got for the intro. So, so we gotta let's get on screen here. Let's let, let's we gotta get on the screen here. So I, I I told our guests that I had a surprise for them, right? So um we just gonna bring a good friend of the show on, our brother from another, Mr. Damon Hagan is in the
0: building. Big David, hey. what's up? What's all happening? Right. brethren and fellows? All how are we tonight? Right. To the Raheem. So great to see both of you. Yes, sir. Yeah. How are you? I was so excited about your show tonight that I had to come on on board just to do a special intro. From the West to the East, you know, I'm always looking for light. From poverty to prosperity, from the outhouse to the White House, Mm -hmm. you know I've seen some things. And when it comes to recognizing outstanding Republican talent that's out there right now trying to develop a reputation in our election cycles, there is no greater candidate that we have out there right now than your guest tonight, Vanessa Simon. Come on, let's go. A, a dedicated Republican. She's working hard in her campaigns. She is on the board of directors of the Women's National Republican Club in New York City, right there on uh, 3 West 51st Street. She's active in her church at St. Patrick's Cathedral. She is everything that we want to put in a Republican candidate. She's an outstanding woman. She's smart. She's intelligent. She knows what she's doing. She's got the drive, the tools, and the talent to bring a victory this November. And I am so excited that you gave me the chance to come on board to welcome my dear, dear friend, Vanessa Simon to the show.
1: You in the building. Peace, peace, Vanessa.
3: Wow. That is quite the intro. I'm being so
0: good <laughs> you. Hey, oh Vanessa, it's great. It's great to see you as well. I just wanted to thank Ali and Rahim for giving me the chance to come on and, uh, and welcome you on board special. I can't wait to hear your interview. I know that every one of the Urban Conservatives uh, audience is going to be excited to watch this interview. I know that it's going to be on a constant loop available on YouTube, Facebook Europe. and everywhere where podcasts can be heard. So make sure that you tell your friends to tune in, check it out. Vanessa is an outstanding candidate that is going to bring a victory this November and is, I'm confident to be one of the rising stars, not only in the New York state GOP, but on a national level as well. She blows me away with every time I get to talk to her and I can't wait for her to have a chance to talk to you today. So Vanessa, have a great interview and thank you guys for having me on today. Yo, Damon, you're the man, bro.
2: So,
1: so thank you. Vanessa, well, uh, how TV, did you like,
3: you. how did you like that surprise? That was such a surprise. I really had no idea. I mean, Damon being the connector, putting us together. I'm excited to be here with you guys today and speaking with your audience. I'm looking forward to the conversation um, and definitely coming at it from an authentic perspective. So let's get to it. I'm feeling good. Damon sent the positive juju mark. So let's knock it out of the park.
1: Yeah,
2: Yo. absolutely. Yo, right, yeah, we bro. gotta Go have ahead. Damon introduce more people, bro. <laughs> I know that's
3: the thing. That's a, that's gonna be
1: going forward. Well, I wanted I wanted to surprise Vanessa with that because he did speak very highly of you, and and Damon's important to me. He's a good friend, and and you know I take what he says seriously. He's he's informed me on some good things and given me nothing but. You know positive reinforcement and what we're doing here so um let everybody know who vanessa simon is where do you come from uh how, how do you get to to getting an uh, introduction like that so just just take us to young vanessa to now
3: oh absolutely guys so i was born in fort lauderdale florida moved up to long island new york at the age of five was raised on the island um went to st anthony's high school Uh, But grew up, actually, I can't skip over Islip, because Islip was where I went to elementary school, middle school, and I started out in public school. So I've got a good mix of both. Um, Born from Haitian immigrant parents. So coming out of the public school environment, single mother, by the time I was going into high school, my parents had split up. So being a Haitian mother, my mom had wanted more discipline and a regimen. So that's what the change up came in sending me to a private Catholic school. She knew that the discipline would be there um, and her working two jobs. um, She believed in a great school like St. Anthony's. So I had the best of both worlds. Shout out to Islip Long Island because everything that I am and will be tomorrow is because of that strong foundation, wonderful town. Um, Then from there, I went to Geneseo, then moved back home, uh, went to Stony Brook for human resources management and, just kind of went that path. I, I spent about 10 years in retail in which it really taught me a lot about the different areas in, in work life, leadership, training, development. I got all those tools and then ended in HR. So just to fast a little bit, uh, ended up coming to Manhattan. We reopened FAO uh, head of HR. And then because I touched down in Manhattan, I was like, i got to get involved. And as cheesy as it may sound, um, being a woman of faith, I've always loved St. Patrick's Cathedral. So I was like, "This is my chance to be of service." So I started volunteering, and then I became a lector. So I do uh, the televised mass with Cardinal Dolan, and I volunteered at St. Pat's. And then one day after mass, I was strolling down the street and stumbled upon the Women's National Republican Club, which I didn't know existed. Um, so I looked into I was part of Suffolk County. That's how I met Damon. So that's a huge shout out to Damon there, but I looked into the WNRC and then now I sit on the board. So it's a full circle moment. Um, I'm no longer in retail and I'm at the Metropolitan Museum of Art Uptown as a human resources business partner. So whew, a little bit long-winded, but that's
2: No, me and no, no, sure. that's
1: good. No, that's good. I'll okay. Uh,
2: full transparency. That's something you and I have in common. Uh, I went to Catholic school so much so that I still know the Our Father in Gaelic.
3: <laughs> I think I know uh, Hail Mary in Spanish still, so, like fully.
2: Yeah, we had, I That's went right. to Holy Family Catholic School in New Rochelle, and uh, we had an Irish uh, lady, Miss McGregor, who was very adamant about us learning that Our Father in Gaelic. So I, lo- I love the fact that you went to Catholic school. Let me ask you a question, but since you mentioned that, that is a, for me, that year and a half, that two years I spent in Catholic school was very formative to me. Did you find it the same way, the Catholic school, that type of education? Uh, do you look back at it as a great foundation?
3: To be honest, uh, coming from public school was a really big adjustment um, in a good way. I mean, the bar was set really high. But being a big fish in a small pond, because I, I, I went to Iceland, uh, like I shared elementary school and middle school, it was just an adjustment in that regard. But I think that going from a small town and then being in a Catholic school where it was, I believe, close to 3,000 students, it was a big jump. So it, it, it taught me really early life skills that are quintessential to where I'm at right now.
2: One other uh, follow-up question, because I remember distinctly there was me uh Corey, and a black girl named Alice. We were the three black people in that school. I remember that distinct. Was that? Was it a diverse? Because I don't. I don't know. But was that a diverse Catholic school? Did you find yourself like one of the few minorities in there, or was it not that same situation? It
3: was a little bit more diverse than three people. <laughs> Um, but for me, like I, it it was inclusive, uh, and also coming from a predominantly, uh, white area, like Islip, like Islip was like a, like, it's so that's dear to my heart. Um, growing up and being kind of like similar to what you shared your experience. I was like one of three, one of four black people in the grade, but I was never made to feel different. A really great story that I like sharing. Um, Shout out to Mr. Carl's. I'm not sure what happened to him, or if he's still around, but if he hears this or his family, I remember being in the second grade and he would, in the morning, you know, as we're going to our classes, things like that, he just adored me and would just like pick me up, which is probably illegal now, (laughs) and put (laughs) on the side of his shoulder, And walk down the hall and introduce me to everyone as me going to be the first woman president of this country. So to think of that, when you think of the optics of that, you have an older white male, probably in his 60s. And one of the very few, I was probably one of five black people in the entire uh, elementary school at that point. um, And wholeheartedly would be like, guys, I need you to meet this girl. She's going to be our first female president. And I was in second grade. Um, as I got through elementary school, I'm in fourth grade, fifth grade. He, uh, would be that, uh, gym teacher that would send people up to get me out of gym class to verse the other top players. Um, but it, it just goes back to education, which I'm sure we'll cover in tonight's episode. Um, how important it is to honor our teachers because they are really cultivating our future. So we'll, we'll get into it. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, that's I, Mr. Carl's because he, he believed in me before I was even anybody.
1: You know what's interesting, Ali? We talk about that, right? The teachers that influenced us and the educators that told us not to. And we couldn't Vanessa, identify it at the time as conservatism. We didn't associate that word or that idea with what some of these educators were telling us. So what? You're in forced to care. So what? you know these are the circumstances apply yourself and you can do you know do good things so one one other thing on your background I'm curious about um because you 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 mentioned having these strong values so when did you identify that you were a conservative republican or, or was that even mentioned you know having immigrant parents was politics discussed in the house or was it just the 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 environment without the wording you know what I'm saying without the the terminology or was it You know, like, when did you come to that realization?
3: There was no coming into that realization. I'm homegrown, baby. We've been conservative. I mean, Haitian households are are predominantly conservative. So that's all I ever knew, to be honest. And then on Mm. top of it, I had a mother that absolutely loved politics. So it was always on in the news. I mean, my mother knows her history. To this day, she'll just check me and fact check me and then go into the history of anywhere from, I think she was covering... um, Uzbekistan the other day, and I was like, "Who knows this stuff?" But my mom knows it, the leaders, the capitals, and I'm just like, she she inspires me to step my game up.
2: <laughs> nice,
1: yeah. I, Ali, you know what I noticed about that? I noticed you got a little echo, bro. But I noticed that that um, in in a lot of the times, immigrants, people that immigrate to this country. They have a deeper respect for the, the history, right? Uh, good, bad, and the ugly part of it, and I think that rubs off on the children. I, I really do, and it, and it's a beautiful thing to see. Ali, you had something you wanted to ask? Oh, okay, good. So, so you, you said you've been a Republican. If I can, yeah, if yeah, I, right. can, I
3: just want to jump in. I take a lot of pride, um, because to, you're right. Like the grind is different for a first generation American. Like mm-hmm. I, was here first generation My parents came here for a better living. You saw what just happened. May the president of, uh, President Moise rest in peace in Haiti. They came here to, in the pursuit of happiness, searching for liberty and opportunities for myself and my younger brother. So it's definitely a different grind for those that understand that their parents took a huge chance and a leap of faith to provide a better living for their children.
1: That's interesting
3: can't let them down. I, I'm here to, 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 you know, leave that legacy for my family. It, it comes a mindset. I would say post like 25. I started to really, it really started to sink in that like, I couldn't really get too cozy on uh, what I was doing.
1: Right. No, I, I, I can I get that. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking of Vanessa Simon. We're gonna get more in depth with that if you're just tuning in. Please do us a favor, hit the like, follow, subscribe, all that good stuff. We're on all social media at the urban conservative. We lost Ali. He's coming back. Don't worry about it. You can also support the podcast on Cash App at dollar sign to you conservative. If you'd like to, it's not mandatory. We appreciate the likes and the follows and the, the shares way more than the money. The money's useful, but you know that it's tough. Things is rough right now. So let's talk a little bit about Queens, right? Um, Queens has is, is always had a, a place in my heart, not only because of Jamaica Avenue and beef patties and cocoa bread and the Ave and the Coliseum and all of those different things. But because of, of the energy around hip hop culture, if you know what I'm saying, like Queens has the vibe in Queens is a little bit different. So what was that like going from, let's say, a Long Island environment to to? To a more, you know, Queens is a, it's like the it's like that weird in between the city and the mm-hmm. suburbs vibe. So, how how is that for you coming up? You still
2: here? see lawns.
3: <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, especially where I'm at, I'm in Southeast Queens, I'm running for City Council District 31. So that consists of Loyalton, Rosedale, Springfield Gardens, Far Rockaway, Edgemere, and Avarn. And um, just being in that area, these are homeowners for the most part. Uh, working class, um, but to your point, it's a melting pot of culture. It, it's it's very different demographics, especially being in Southeast Queens versus growing up in Long Island. Um, but the energy is there, it's constant, it, it, as far as just like being close to the city, um, it, it's, in, it's also on the precipice of being like what Brooklyn has become, right? Like I think a lot of people are starting to really see the value in wanting to invest in Queens because Queens is up next and with the right positioning um, and and the right posturing, we could do great things in Queens and looking to lead the charge on that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, for those of our viewers who who are familiar with what's going on in the city right now, we we have we don't have good leadership right now, in my opinion. Just in my opinion, and, and honestly, from just objective observation, looking at crime statistics, looking at certain things, uh, the, the the minority communities in some circumstances aren't thriving and they aren't growing. What what do you see on the ground there in Queens as some of the most important issues?
3: Um. Definitely school choice. I mean, education everywhere in the state of New York, right? When we're looking at the five boroughs, we're looking at uh, right now in New York City, 78% of fourth graders can't read. 64% can't do math, right? Wait, wait. Say that one more time. One more time. <laughs> Got 78% of fourth graders that cannot read. They're, they're not able to pass our state, st- state tests. And roughly around 64 68% that are unable to do math. So, like, when you're looking at, especially in my areas in Queens, a lot of people that live in the district are choosing schools outside the district just to have a better education for their kids. And your zip code should never define what kind of education you're having. Um, That, coupled with the programs, lack thereof, no sports, no extracurricular programs, What are we saying to the future of these children who are just looking to to do things, to develop life skills, fundamental skills, teamwork, things like that, when you're starving the community of these things? And then they may fall into crime and things like that. And it's like, where's the investment in the community for it to flourish? And these are things that I feel like as a Republican, like we're solutions driven. we're, We're incredibly pragmatic with the Democrats. Uh, I think they, they do a great job reporting the weather and then pacifying with programs and free money. But it's like, where is the actual tools and resources provided to help cultivate a better community?
2: Absolutely.
1: So we've done over the last, I don't I, I, I guess 30 years, we we've, we've done nothing but throw money at the problem. Yes. Um, do you think that's a, a a viable way to solve it though? Because it's clearly not working. So obviously that's not a viable way to, so- to solve this education problem.
3: It never is. It honestly never is the solution, especially when you're not getting to the root of the problem, right? right. I think that um, in canvassing with my small but mighty team, by the way, Vanessa, the number four, N-Y, uh, dot com is my website. So Vanessa for New York, Uh, Check it out. Check out my platform. Uh, My small but mighty team in canvassing and going door to door. I mean, they're very surprised at seeing a candidate even being door to door. Right. And and being on the ground. And then I run authentically. And honestly, I'm never shameful of being a Republican. So even though my district is predominantly Democratic, I'm coming with an authentic voice and sharing with them alternatives because they're thirsty for it. The leadership that has been there for the last few decades hasn't really been, there hasn't been an ROI. There's been no return of it. So as I'm speaking to these people, they're like, you know what, at this point, we don't care what party you are, as long as you're bringing change, because we don't see any. And that's Mm. a lot of the
1: constituents are at right now. Right, and it's gotta be frustrating as taxpayers, right, to, to put money into a system. And I think people are becoming more and more aware of how tax dollars are being spent because we're seeing these high instances of school suspension. We're seeing kids not being able to read, not being able to write the, the country's lower than it's ever been as far as world uh, placement in education. So, I mean, we need solutions. I mean, what other business can operate without that ROI, without without something tangible for the investment? You know what I mean? Like that, that just doesn't, it just doesn't make any sense. So, so obviously you're an advocate for school choice and and parent choice and and education,
3: right? Absolutely. And getting our kids back on track. I know the hot button topic is CRT lately um, in which being first generation American, absolutely. Are there subjects about our history that I wish I learned more of and didn't learn late in life when it comes to uh, the racial disparities in our history? Absolutely. Yes. However, Driving CRT right now should not be the agenda when we're not making the basics. I fear for where our country is headed education wise on a national scale, let alone a local scale, when we're not setting strong foundations. Let me add another point. Then when you take a look at the democratic agenda, you spoke about them throwing money at the issue. Let's talk about our education system. By them choosing, first it was Common Core, right? Not a fan of Common Core. I still don't understand how teachers are able to push through teaching Common Core. Then they're pushing CRT. But then when looking at things that would be value added like STEM programs and financial literacy, all of a sudden they don't have the budgeting or the power or is it strategic or do they have an agenda? I think when we highlight these things, it's pretty evident what's on their agenda for our country
1: so they uh, you know i i've always wondered um because i hear different stories and and for for let's call them new conservatives right there's nothing wrong with being a new conservative but a lot of uh people come from the left in this country right and they they have this exposure which they think is normal to this leftist ideology, to this Marxism, communism, socialism, in a in a sneaky way. The way they sneak it in through quote unquote black culture, through quote unquote black media. Uh, how how much more responsible can we? Do we need to be as a, as parents, as educators, for holding these elected officials responsible because they everybody's opinions being shaped by media. And I think we don't even look at the teachers and the teachers unions and these people that are in policy positions who are are allowing CRT and failing. uh, Somebody mentioned tenured teachers who's who's producing failing students. Why why do we allow this to go on and and what can we do to kind of stem the flow of this, in your opinion?
3: Great question. Um, Coming out of the pandemic, I think everyone came out uh, just eyes wide open. Right. I think that being home with our kids, being remote, although I'm not blessed to have kids just yet, but having my nieces and nephews doing remote learning with them, I think it was an eye opener for all parents across the world, how critical it is to play an active role in children's lives, in our children's lives, especially with, with education, right? So to your point, a lot of people are wondering what's next and that's where we as a republican party can truly modernize our messaging and scoop that up and when i speak about tailoring our message because as an hr that's all i do all day i think this is our opportunity to really capitalize on that and enlargening our um uh, our, our, our umbrella is as a whole to welcome more people, like middle of the road, like Democrats, everyone is upset right now. To your point, it's time to hold people accountable. And we can see that the other side isn't doing a good job and they aren't providing the best uh, alternatives and options, right? So it's, it's really, really, really important that We as Republicans, especially those that are interested in leading, those that have platforms like yourselves, are providing the tools and resources for how to. Yes, now a lot of Americans' eyes are open, but they don't quite know where to go and how to. So I think those that can should do and and take advantage of this moment right now because the time is now right now, strike while the iron's hot. I think we're all seeing what's going on with our president in office. I've been seeing some awful clips circulating social media. Um, So there you have it.
1: Yeah, it's it's amazing. And you see the people in the comment section, look, I'm a teacher in the charter school in New York. And she said she had to take a, uh, an equity class, right. And it was horrific. So uh, you know, d- here in the city, I, I think we 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 have this one party rule up in Albany and, and out in New York City. And I was looking at the the list of how the council is broken down earlier. And, and it was just like Democrat, 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 Democrat. And I, I, I'm curious what you think the the constant v- push up. What is the, what is the driver behind the idea that all of our people keep voting for the people who aren't improving the conditions? Like you speak at the Republican party messaging and I get on the Suffolk County GOP about this. I, I try to get on I, I try, you know, to say, Hey, listen, we can do messaging differently. We can do outreach differently. Right. But What do you think contributes to this constant, you know, is it a safety net to vote Democrat? Do you really think it's the incentives? Like our people are voting 85, almost 90 percent Democrat. And do you think that'll change moving forward? I mean, we hope it does. But do you think with what's going on in these conditions, we have a good chance of changing that?
3: We absolutely do, to answer your question. Um, But it's the how to. Right. I can't stress enough. I will always reference me being an HR and harnessing the tool of it's not what you say, it's how you say it as an HR bringing the employees. I mean, when I have issues, when I have to deescalate issues between two people with opposing views, like you have to know and have the right messaging. And to your point, growing up on Long Island versus being in Queens for the past few years is completely different. I cannot address the same, Long Island's needs are not the same as Queens and Queens is not the same as Long Island. So as Republicans, I encourage those that are out there and those that are leading their areas, you got to tailor your message to your area. We just have to, because right now, unfortunately, the reality is, especially you could call it mainstream media, you could call it the leadership that we've had, um, just being incredibly um, not really inclusive, but now we're not just talking like race here. We've got to, like I said, widen our umbrella and welcome more people that are starving for alternatives, right? So for me, it's really about modernizing our message. I cannot stress that enough. If I could give you an example, for me being in Southeast Queens, it wasn't the same as being on Long Island. On Long Island, I didn't have any issues feeling any kinds of visceral reaction to being around police, right? It was a different, more suburban feel, if you may, right? Then I moved to Queens and just being around family, friends, and how they would respond to even being around the police and interactions that they would have. It was completely different. I can't turn a blind eye to that. Mm. So now that I'm pursuing city council, like, I definitely want to bridge that gap because I've seen both sides,
0: right?
3: Mm. Funny story I love to tell is the other day I, um, I was going to mass at St. Pat's Cathedral. And I pull up and I'm just, you know, I'm running for a little bit, couldn't find parking. And my cousin and I are uh, going in and I see the police and I actually asked him, like, hey, would you mind watching my car for a few minutes? It turned out to be like about 25 minutes. Uh, But the second my cousin saw me walking over the police, he kind of panicked and was like, you're crazy. (laughs) And I was like, "For what? Like, I'm used to engaging with police. like it, it's it was nothing to me. And sure enough, they were like, "Sure, no problem." And even when I came out, they like cracked a joke and it was incredibly jovial. And it was just an experience that my cousin being from Queens, is just not used to. You don't you don't engage with police like that. So for me, it, it as a Republican, I think it's finding, what is special in your communities and tailoring our message, because when you have that face time with your constituents in your community, you'd be surprised how much more we have in common. Although they're voting Democrat, we have mm-hmm. more in common. Who doesn't want better education for their kids? Who doesn't want to feel safe in their communities? who doesn't because we have police officers that live in these communities who doesn't want to come home to their families like it's all in what you're saying you know and right. how we're hurting it so that we can to your point bring more people along to the republican side but i'll tell you what if we continue to have a one-size-fits-all mentality we're not going to get there as fast
1: mm. no that's a good that's a very very good point ladies and gentlemen we're talking to candidate for new york city uh council district 31 vanessa simon if you're just tuning in please do us a favor hit the like follow subscribe also visit tuconservative.com you can cash at, cash app us to support the show we got some merch coming we got shirts and hats and all these wonderful things coming that's how you can support the show uh i want to talk a little bit about the campaign and and before we change gears to that right uh, just a straight up and down question. You, you weren't obviously. You weren't with this this nonsense about defunding the police. And what what impact do you think that this rhetoric has had on that strain that that uneasiness you talk about that minorities may feel when they're around the police? because I, I think it's reinforced it and and like re like reawoken that because I I realized the older I got, you know, hey. It, the cops aren't bad people it was me doing silly things to put myself in a situation I have to deal with them in a situation where it wasn't hey officer I need your help it was let me get away from the officer because I definitely don't need his help I'm doing something weird. I'm gonna have to interact with him right so what what do you think this rhetoric of defunding the police has actually done to that relationship in in minority communities especially
3: I think it's been a bit divisive because when you go into these minority communities, they want safety. They want protection. Like with crime rates up, like, I mean, we just had another child shot and killed in Far Rockaway this past week. Like you don't go to anyone in these areas and they're like, oh yeah, I don't want to feel safe. Everyone wants to feel safe. That I think that's, that's a commonality. Um, I think that having rhetoric like that also gets lost in translation. Because do I feel like the training on both sides, this is where I talk about bridging community relations, because me growing up in a community where I felt very comfortable engaging with police, we ought to get to the bottom and root causes as to why that's not happening in communities like this. What can, and hearing both sides, correct? Like speaking to the police, these are areas that they didn't grow up in, they're not familiar with. So it's incredibly... It's just I, I can't stress enough how critical it is to begin bridging that gap because so many people are left out not understanding how important it is to to raise just the, the presence of, of safety, community relations, you want to know your police officer's name, you want to be engaged with them. You want to be able to know your rights as a citizen. I think it comes both ways the right training and the right dialogue, started i mean it, it sounds whimsical but it's not because no one's trying mm. to from that angle right Everybody, right you pick a side or that's it and it's like hello i'm coming through that lens as an hr we we got to address the problem like we can't just we can't just bucket it leave it divided um because it's only getting worse right absolutely
1: so i'm, I'm curious about one other thing before we talk about the campaign a little bit as a as a black woman as a haitian woman um uh, and as a Republican, have you gotten any backlash for your political position? Has it, have you, do you felt it's been a hindrance or have you had any circumstances where it's, it's caused you a problem uh, being a, a black woman or a Haitian woman, uh, you know, any of those things because we hear it a lot, right? But I'm just
3: curious about your experience with that. I mean, representation matters. So like for me, I'm proud, like I'm proud to be a woman, black, Republican. Um, unapologetically, but always, always, what should I, what's the best way to put it? Uh, bowing down to the golden rule of treating others how I want to be treated. I, as, as it, it sounds silly, but it is so critical because although I'm proud to be all of these things, I always leave room for deference and understanding, difference of opinion, Right. And, and having a space for redemption, because people are going to say things that are offensive. But to your point, absolutely. Absolutely. But it's no it, it's nothing that deters me from from bridging any gaps. Um, I had a specific experience, if you want one. I do. I
1: do. Share with the family. Share with the family. I will.
3: Um, and this was one of uh, the more defining moments. I'm going to try my best to tell it so that it doesn't uh get too specific but it was in a place of employment um and i had an employee that i wanted to share the 3 West Club if you're not politically affiliated but it's the WNRC the Women's National Republican Club which has been a tremendous support um and for those just tuning in me getting a board seat has been an honor um but i was inviting someone that is on the left i was like hey you know WNRC is not too far from here. Um, I, I know you may not want to go because they're Republican, but they're a great, warm group. It's not what the national news is covering. Like, it's a place of community. So I'm trying to sell it. Um, and the person was like, "You're a Republican," and I was like, "Yeah, I'm a Republican. I've always been a Republican since 18. I was raised in a conservative household. I automatically like you see that uptick in the positivity. I'm like, Yeah, that's that's who I am." And I'm just like, but once again, come by. The women are really nice. And the person is just thrown. I've seen you in our in our meetings and you're just so intelligent. I just I can't I can't believe you're you're a Republican. So like I'm over here trying not to make it uncomfortable because there was another coworker in the room. And uh, once again, I sidestep it. But I'm just like, all right, like I get it. Like not not your cup of tea. Got it. So then um, I continue speaking and extending the invite. And this woman goes, I know why you're Republican. Um, all Republican men are rich and white.
1: Whoa, shots fired.
3: <laughs> shots fired. I'm going to keep it 100 with you today. Yeah, yo, shots fired. I'm telling and you. And that's when, because you just asked me, being a woman, Haitian, Black, Republican, and this is this is what I have to face in this moment within HR, department okay so like just to let you you know
1: yeah this ain't the warehouse this ain't you know the girls outside with the yo y'all in the hr everybody come to y'all with the my check is messed up and everything else yeah
3: in true divine intervention um this one of the admins came in i had my meeting so pulled me out because i was growing hot at that moment i didn't know what i didn't know how to be like i'm like oh my gosh i feel offended because at the end of the day there's two things. One we had another coworker in the room. So it's like, I didn't want to be, and and both were not that it matters. Both were Caucasian. I was the only person of color in the room. And they just so happened to be Democrats. I just can't imagine it being roles reversed. If it was two Republicans and one Democrat, and we were giving them like a hard time about a, an issue that would have you just straight up. I understand why you're a Republican. All the, all the men are rich and white. So I got pulled out of that meeting and I just couldn't stop thinking about it. And I ended up running into that coworker who was um, a higher level than me later on in the day. And she immediately started apologizing. And I was like, it's not okay. Because I'm one of those. I'm Um, not. oh, it's okay. I don't like those. I take a lot of pride in being a Republican because I knew it in that moment. If it were two Republicans, and one Democrat, it would have been a completely different scenario.
0: Uh, uh, uh.
3: We hell and high water, right? So on that, in that same vein, I, I was just like, it wasn't okay that you said that. And then to add insult to injury, she's like, I'm so sorry. I totally understand what you must be going through. Um, and she mentioned administration uh, that she had worked for that was liberal and that she was, you know don't worry, I understand what you're going through. To It just kept getting worse and worse. I had to literally hit the eject button and, and get out of that scenario. Yeah. But I have to be honest with you, it, it hasn't been the same since uh, with me and that coworker. And from that day on, and I sh- I shared with her, I was like, my political affiliation does not determine or represent my level of intellect. And I was offended by what you said, period. Right off rip, I, le- I kept it funky with it.
1: Well, it sounded like to me she was saying you want a rich white guy. And that's the only reason you're a Republican. That's what that came off like to me, which made me say shots fired. Like, wait, so I can't comprehend the values of the party. I can't understand the historical precedents. I have to want a rich white guy. That's just, yeah.
3: For me, that was like, for me, that was the 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 McGregor, like, knockout, like, Killer move. It was the first two. Remember, she kept stopping me to be like, you're a Republican. You're so much smarter than that. Like I got those comments first. So with that said, it's been a long time since that incident. I'm clearly now running for office as a Republican because it's important to represent that we are not a monolith. We have alternative views. And I am determined to flip my district because I can provide them the tools and resources, whether it's supporting small businesses, helping education get back on its feet, programming that kids can become invested in, um, getting government funding uh, into programs that we need, whether it's coding, right? Or any of the licenses to get our builders to have Queens rebuilding Queens again. Talk to me. I'm not money at the problem that's what it is right so for me it i and in the height of everything that happened with um president trump last year a lot of republicans were jumping ship and i just there was a part of me at one point that i was like my party's not looking and feeling like me, because I'm a Republican, I'm about integrity, I'm about honesty, I'm about addressing the issue in a way that's not divisive. Like, these are things that are honest reflections that I was having about our party. But then I push those thoughts aside. Like, I'm riding this till the wheels fall off. Like, I started a Republican, I started a Republican. I don't care what anyone has to say.
1: Yeah, I, li- I like that because I, I noticed that, too. Uh, there's some there's some media personalities. There's some other people. I'm leaving the Republican Party and I'm doing this and I'm like, bye. See ya later. We don't need you because you're going to jump ship when it gets tough or you don't. You know, the word a rhino gets thrown out there when we have a difference of opinion on a policy matter now because I don't see it the way you do. I'm a rhino instead of saying, well, what's the political middle ground here? Yeah. We're, we're saying, how do we help the kids? Well, the middle ground is we're trying to help the kids. Yeah. So, so we we you know we oh well, you don't want to do it the way I want to do it. So now you're a rhino. You're you're you know we're gonna yeah. quit the party because you feel this person should have did more or less or whatever for Trump or th- whatever you feel. I I just that doesn't rub me the right way. I think it's it's very weak of us uh as a party to have those type of people anyway because you're only as strong as your weakest link, right? So, um, now, I, I, I want to talk a little bit about the campaign here and, and as we start to close out. How has it been running since you an- announced? Has things in your life changed around you? Um, you know, because in New York, black Republican woman, conservative, it, it's it. We seem, you know outsiders are like, "Wow, that's that's brave," you know. So, so how has the campaign, uh, you know, from from its inception and in the idea of running, how has it gone? Has it changed your life at all?
3: Um, just in that really recognizing how it requires tremendous uh, responsibility and understanding that if I'm doing this, I'm doing this 1000% as myself and as authentically and pulling everyone in and trying my best to be a leader for everyone in my district, period. I've been honest going door to door. I've had a pretty high success rate, whether it's Getting the in district donations and or uh, just handing out palm cards, getting petitions signed, um, being like, "Hey, you know what? I'm a Republican. I'm not hiding it. You know what I mean? But but getting the messaging across, like I said, finding common ground, saying it in a way where I'm like, you can't go wrong when I'm like talking about wanting to fight for education and wanting to make sure that we the taxes, right? We, we, we could all agree to that, especially in Laurelton, predominantly homeowners and things that matter. So to your point, it's, it's made me realize not to take it lightly at all. Um, I'm really in for it in for, uh, being committed to the cause. Um, and to your viewers, I mean, to, to be able to win, I I'm going to need the support from everyone. Uh, like you said, I love that. That was almost timed perfectly. Uh, go to Vanessa for new Um, if you can, you can come help the efforts in, in door knocking, canvassing, or just throwing in a donation, minimum $10 max. An individual can do is a thousand. And if you're in the five boroughs, it gets matched eight times from $10 to $175, but I got to run a competitive, uh, campaign. Uh, my current constituent, I mean, excuse me, the current, um, our current incumbent right now just kind of ran too back to back because she was in the special election and then she just won the primary. But it is a new candidate to the district. So if if being supported gets me to the right place, I'll be able to run a competitive race.
1: Absolutely. And, and listen, we're here supporting um, anything that we can do to help. We would love to have you back on the show. You know, this is you got a home here. Um, oh, I got to That's a up. Yeah, yeah. You got to, you got, you're always welcome <laughs> so, here. So, so. And anything come up that you want to talk about or something you think people need to know. We, we, that's what we're here for. That's what the Urban Conservative is all about. But it's not over. The interview's not over yet. Hold on. We got, we got some things to do.
3: So. I knew we got some fun. It actually went really quick. Holy cow.
1: Yeah, look, 45 minutes.
3: Shout, to, by. shout out to people in the, in the comment section, by the way. Um, And thank you, Chris Johnson, for that donation. You already threw $10 in. So, Shout out to the comment section. I see, I see your comments over there and you're, yeah, yeah. um, who is it? Erica King, Haitian parents don't play when it comes to education. Um, yeah, yeah. I, 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 stood, I mean, if the, uh, I would you say former Vanessa in her twenties, uh, lived by the motto, work hard, uh, play harder. So as long as I made sure those A's came in though. We'll turn
1: up. <laughs>
3: it was right, more so, like, turned down so, for what actually,
1: <laughs> there you go. So here's, here's what we're going to do. Um, We usually do a one-word association game. We're switching things up. We're going to do this rapid-fire round. I'm going to ask you some questions. Rapid-fire. First answer that you give, you win the plug. You get 30 seconds, full screen. It's all yours. Tell everybody everything you need to know. Are you ready?
3: Wait, I I think I understand. I'll I'll wing it. I'm pretty
1: good at it. So I'm going to shoot some questions to you. All you got to do is answer them. There's no right or wrong answer. You ready? All right, hit it. All right. Favorite cultural food group.
3: Wow. I go with Haitian. Come on. All right. Haitian. Come on. If you Fa- had Haitian cuisine, get to, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll host a cookout, get to a Haitian restaurant ASAP. No Rocky.
1: Okay. There we go. All right. Haitian. All right. Favorite cartoon.
3: Favorite cartoon. Ooh. Inspector Gadget. Hit me.
1: Ah, that's unexpected. Okay.
3: All right. No, Penny, Penny had that watch. I got my Apple watch now. Favorite 90s rapper? Ooh, Biggie. Come on. Biggie.
1: All right. Well, you, you know, Queens, I thought you was going to say LL. I,
3: you know, I thought... No, I'm, right. I'm, I'm, I'm Notorious B.I.G. forever. Okay,
1: that's good to know. Queens, y'all need to know this about your folks. You know what I mean? We got some folks that know. All right. So you 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 got to get into a fight. You have to have this physical altercation. Who do you want on your team? Cardi B or Michelle Obama? Ooh.
3: <laughs> That's a tough one. <laughs> you got me on that one. Uh, wait, what kind of fight is it? What kind this, of fist Paint Paint the picture. Where are we at? And then I'll let you know. Because I'll All know right. if we can outsmart it because it's always chestnut checkers with me. Or if I got to get scrappy.
1: Okay, no. Scrappy. Fisticuffs. Drama. It's, it's popping. Vaseline. <laughs> the air tied back. Vaseline. Yeah, who do you go with? Michelle Obama or Cardi B?
3: I mean, it's a no brainer. I got to go with Cardi on that one.
1: All right. Cool. 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 I'm not, I'm not mad at that. All right. Uh, So last one on the, on the rapid fire, right? Favorite
3: sitcom. Favorite sitcom. You can't, I'm going to have to have a tie. I'm sorry. Cause my, my ringtone right now is a theme song to Secession. Uh, I love Billions as well.
1: All right. All right.
3: Well, you win. That's it. All right, well,
1: you've come to the end of the rapid fire round. You've won the 30 seconds uninterrupted camera time. So, Vanessa, the floor is yours. Let the people know where they can support you, how they can support you. Just give them the rundown. It's all yours.
3: Hey, guys, Vanessa Simon, running for city council, District 31. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. I'm running right here in Queens. Republicans, the time is now. Modernize our messages. We can get to the right voters out there. We got to do what's right, supporting one another. Um, I'm running with a great group of girls. We got Ina in Brooklyn, uh, Jackie in District One, Felicia in District 22 in Queens. So as conservatives, we got to stick together, um, and we're only stronger together. So vin- visit vanessafornewyork.com and, and let, let's let's make some change. Let's rebuild Queens and, and get it on the right path.
1: All right, Sister Vanessa, thank you so, so much for taking almost an hour out of your life to come kick it with us. We're eternally grateful for you doing that. You always have a home here thank on the Urban Conservative. And listen, ladies and gentlemen, visit Vanessa, the number four, NY.com. If you're not watching, remember, we're on all streaming platforms, the Apple Music. Just do your Googles. Google the Urban Conservative. You'll find us everywhere. Do us a favor, everybody take care of each other. Next week, we're talking to Senator Anthony Palumbo. Next Monday, we're gonna find out what's going on here in New York with some things. Um, we also got downstate Abbey coming on next week. We got we got a you know, a real interesting uh next set of shows coming up. So I want to thank Vanessa. Shouts out to the brother Damon Hagan. Thanks for connecting yeah. us. We really appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah, Ali, I'll call you back. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been watching The Urban Conservative on YouTube or Facebook. Thank you so much for getting in the
3: comment section. And, and, till- and comment section, yeah. real quick, DDDS, uh, keep praying for me. Prayer, prayer is powerful. Um, Absolutely. All things are possible through God. I'll end and, on that. Yeah, we're going to end right there. we out of here, ladies and gentlemen. So Peace. Have a good night, guys.